0: 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, starting a brand new series of lessons I've entitled Building Wisely, tonight's specific subject matter is Scripture Above All, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 5. So then, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was delivered to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. And then uh, turning to the book of Hebrews, we're going to begin in the latter part of the fifth chapter, the 12th verse, and reading down through chapter 6 and verse 3. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason of use or exercise have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, because of this, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if the Lord permits. So uh, as we start this study, I, I do have to state... Uh, just right as we begin, that there really are some concerns that I have as far as just how receptive are people today to the word of God? Not just talking about Christians. I'm just talking about to what degree do people respect scripture in our culture today? How many people would say, you know, hey, I, I really respect the word of God. I really respect the message. I really, but I'm, I don't really read it. I, I I don't adhere to it. I don't practice it. Uh, and then, how many people would say, you know, I I just think it's a book that at one time maybe had a lot more relevance. Was maybe a lot more. Uh, it was it was applied. It was understood it, it, as as a uh, you know a standard of moral behavior or excellence. But you know that. We've moved beyond that. We've moved sort of past that era in our nation and moved on to other things. And, and I, I think we would be shocked. Uh, some of the, the the latest polls show that even within the church, that 40% of uh, professed born-again Christians don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. That's four out of ten born-again Christians don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. There's like 58% that do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is not the only way to heaven. And so some of the things that cause me to be concerned is where have we as a people, as a people in the Western Hemisphere, of those that for years and years and years had an understanding of the value of, of Scripture, of the place it should hold in society and in people's hearts. Where did the slippery slope begin? Well, I don't know that I have an answer to that, but I, I do know that it has lost the respect of many people. It's not a book that is reverenced or revered or honored the way that it once was in our nation. Now, we're not here to point fingers, but what we do want to understand is if we move away from our foundation, which is the word of God, which is a sure foundation, then the only other foundation we have to build on is one of sand. And that sandy foundation isn't going to help us when the storms of life come. One of the scripture references that I gave to you uh, to look up, is Matthew chapter 7. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really summarized everything that he was talking about, and he likened people to wise builders and foolish builders. And then he shared the story about a wise builder dug deep and built his house on the bedrock, which was the word of God, not only hearing it, accepting it, and applying it to their lives. Whereas the foolish builder just built on the surface and built on sand. Both experienced the same storm. One weathered the storm, came through the storm, and was still standing. And one didn't make it through the storm. Why is it today that we're having so many challenges in our society? Is it because so many people's lives are built on a faulty foundation? Because our foundation will be tested. Every foundation will go through a storm. Every Life will encounter a storm. It's inevitable. But when we build wisely and we build upon the rock, then when the storm's cloud pa- cla- passes, we're still going to be standing. So this is really what I want to take a few minutes and dive into a couple of these texts and then have some times to talk about. Um, there are a lot of inspirational preachers that you can look up, that I can look up on the internet or, or you can Google and you can find an inspirational message. The, the struggle I'm having right now is I don't know that it's inspiration we need as much as, as it is information. We need the truth. I think if, if people are excitable, I think if people are charismatic, I think if, if that's part of their communication style, I, I'm okay with that. But I'm really trying to listen and weigh in on how much substance is being communicated to the people of God. How much of it falls into the category of milk? How much of it falls into the category of meat? Now, this is what I'm saying. I'm not here to judge or to criticize or condemn a preaching style. Because some are given to preaching and some are given to teaching. and, And it's really according to a grace that's on them. So that is not an issue with me whatsoever. But what is a concern to me is that people who are gifted with the ability to communicate have the ability to move people emotionally without giving them anything of substance. And so the people leave the meetings, and they're impressed with, not the message, with the messenger. They're impressed with the messenger. And um, I, I think we all appreciate people that inspire us or move us or stir our emotions, but at the end of the day, we can't live by our feelings or by our emotions. We have to live by faith in the Son of God. So we have to be able to leave our gatherings together that are done in the name of the Lord with a greater respect and reverence and awe for the Lord and for his word and a greater hunger to know him and his word than anything else. The most influential people in my life were not the most charismatic people, but they were people of tremendous spiritual substance and character. And when they would speak, And when they would communicate and when they would expound on the Scriptures, it encouraged me and, to a degree, inspired me to get into the Word of God and to draw closer to God. And so that's my prayer for our times together is that we would be really impressed with the counsel of the Word of God, that we would build our life upon the Word of God, we'd have a greater understanding of what matters and why it matters so that we can help people who are struggling and drowning in so many different seas of sorrow and sickness and pain and anger and injustices and be able to throw them some kind of life preserver that has some hope to it. And our hope is found in scripture. So I wrote this in our notes. When I read what Paul wrote in 2nd Timothy, Four, 1 through 5. I cannot help but wonder, are we living in the days in which these truths are coming to pass? And then there's more on that next week. But you can read that in in light of, of tonight also. What we build our faith foundation upon determines how strong, stable, and mature we will become as Christians. The storms are life, of life are inevitable, but when our foundation is sure, we will be standing strong in the Lord when the storm clouds have rolled by. The writer of the book of Hebrews stated a concern, a concern about the Hebrew believers. And the concern is, is found in chapter five. He was saying, you've had so much time. What have you been doing with it? By, by now, you should have been way beyond where you are, you, you should be past the fundamentals or the foundational principles of Christ and you should be so much further than where you are. And then he states, these are the things that are the ABCs or the foundational fundamental truths or the principles of Scripture. And he listed six of them. The first is repentance from dead works. The second is faith towards God. The third is doctrine of baptism. Laying on of hands is number four. Number five is resurrection from the dead. Number six is the doctrine of eternal judgment. In these verses, the Bible gives us the elementary principles, or as the Greek word for principles indicates, the starting point or the foundational truths that believers should know and be able. Here's the key to share with others. Peter said that we should give an answer for the hope that we have within us. So when Paul was stating his concern, I believe it's a concern that is still valid today. And we're not going to ask for a show of hands because we're not here to shame anyone. But if you read through those six foundational, fundamental doctrines or teachings of the church, the starting point, the origins... The, the, the thing that will cause you to be able to stand and continue to stand and not be deceived and not to be hoodwinked spiritually and taken advantage of. How many of us could be given a blank sheet of paper when you came in and I asked the question, can you name the six fundamental foundational principles of the Christian life according to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2? And there's no shame, there's no condemnation, but hopefully this inspires us to say, hey, if a storm's coming, I better prepare. I better get my foundation sure and strong because I want to be able to stand and I don't want the storm to take me out. The storm can manifest in many different ways. So let's talk about some of this just for a minute. Is that fair? All right, these are the ABCs of the Christian life. So here's the question. Why is it important to know these truths? And that's what we're going to tackle here in a minute. But let's go back to these six. Now, they are giving, given in sequential order. One builds on the other. You, you can't go to number four before you do number three, number two, number one. So the order in which they are written is the order in which they're to occur in the life of every Christian. The first one is repentance from dead works. Repentance has to take place before salvation can occur in any individual's life. We have to turn away from the world, turn away from sin, and turn towards Christ. And the word repentance is one that we understand means simply to change our mind. We hear the gospel. We understand the message of the gospel. We understand our condition of being a sinner in need of a savior. We repent of our sin and we turn. And the second thing happens is we express our faith towards God. We express our faith towards God. From there, we have experienced a number of baptisms and can continue to experience more. Baptisms is plural in this text, therefore, there's multiple baptisms that are talked about in the New Testament. The first is the, the baptism of repentance. The baptism of repentance. This is John's baptism where people were baptized for the repentance of their sins. The second baptism that Scripture talks about is this. When you are immersed or placed into the body of Christ. Baptism is always immersion, complete Immersion, that means you're swallowed up and you're placed into the body of Christ, swallowed up by the grace of God. The doctrine, baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the day of Pentecost and then going forward for every believer, it's available, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which enables and empowers us to be a more effective witness. And that's not just talking about going about Talking about Jesus, that means the power to be a witness through the fruit of the Spirit to the world that needs to see Jesus, not just hear about Jesus. They need to see Jesus in us. And the evidence of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Then there's the baptism of fire. That happens to every believer. The baptism of fire. We will go through fiery trials. And Peter said, don't think that that is not Something that you will escape. It's something that will occur. All right, let's go on to number five. Resurrection from the dead is the hope of every believer. Christ is the firstborn. He is the first resurrected never to die again. And one day we will also rise and will forever be with the Lord. The resurrection of the dead. It's a great hope of the church. And then number six, the doctrine of eternal judgment and the various types of judgment that will take place